Hi, welcome to Talking in No One, the show where I, Aloni, hang out by myself because I need to write this right now. This week, I want to write Pirates of the Caribbean 6. I just finished watching Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and I was watching it because I wanted to re-edit the entire movie, because I do that sometimes. I did it with Birds of Prey, I'm going to do it with the end of Star Wars, so I wanted to do it with Pirates. But when I went to actually go and watch it, it's really good. Like, I watched Pirates 5 when it came out, and I was, like, horribly disappointed in it. And I hated it. I was I was just, like, heartbroken that they took what I loved and they changed it and they, they made a knockoff almost. But I felt the same thing about Stranger Tides, too. When I saw Stranger Tides, I thought, eh, it's okay. And then when I saw Pirates 5, I was disappointed in what it could have been. But having gone back and watched it, it's good. It's It's not bad at all. It's really well shot. It adds a couple of things to the lore, and it's not as bad as we all thought. Because the main thing people didn't like is that they changed Jack's character, and then they added this, like, knockoff Will and Elizabeth, like just like they did in Stranger Tides. But if you actually look deeper at it, it's not bad. The only problem I have with the entire movie is I don't really like the intro all that much, and I don't like the post credit scene. But both of those are very easy to look over. I mean, the intro's fine. It sets stuff up. I just think it's a little too exposition-y. But the thing I don't like is the post credit scene. But when you watch it on Disney+, Plus, it doesn't even let you watch the post credit scene on PC. It actually blocks it with the first movie, like, recommends for the next movie. So, you know, it's good. It's a good-ass movie. And it was setting up a Pirate 6, but then they never made it. Because Jack got cancelled. And I don't even want to talk about the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp stuff. I still don't know what to think about all that. At first, I was with everybody thinking, Oh my god, I can't believe Johnny Depp is this monster. And then when you look deeper, you're not sure if both of them are monsters, if Amber Heard is the monster, if Johnny Depp is the monster. And it's just a mess overall. And I cannot tell. Personally, after watching some people react on YouTube, someone who went through that kind of thing, and talk about how she believes Amber Heard is the bad guy, I kind of on Johnny Depp's side, but there's no way he's ever going to be on Pirates again. There's no way he's even going to be able to do movies again, and it's horrible. But it's got too much nuance going on for the general public to care, and his reputation's kind of been ruined, and Pirates is kind of over now. Which at first I was really sad about, because, you know, they're rebooting it, all-female cast, and I was worried it was going to be a little too gender-obsessed and not good. And it hasn't come out yet, so I have no clue. It might be really good. Like, Red as a character, the idea behind that character is a good idea. And a lot of the women that are going to be in it, I really like. So maybe this Pirates reboot will be good. But I wish I could see Pirates 6. Saying that, though, this movie kind of perfectly ends the series. So, like, Pirates 1, 2, and 3, I love. I love Black Pearl. I think it's one of the best movies ever made entirely by accident and then i think dead man's chest is like perfect and it pushed forward a lot of vfx stuff and it was a fantastic movie with an amazing ending and then i think at world's end had a lot of really cool visual shit and it was really epic and incredible and it was a great ending even though it is a little long and when i try to watch all three i usually fall asleep by the end of the third one it was a good fucking movie and then pirates was kind of over and it was done but then disney wanted to do more with it so they did on stranger tides and on stranger tides is okay it's based on a book completely unrelated to pirates and very vaguely based on a book and i think they added a lot of cool stuff i love what they did with barbosa in that movie and overall i thought it was pretty good 
And I like that in the marketing, it had a different banner color than the other ones. The other ones all had like that brownish color. And then on Stranger Tides, it's silver because it's not a mainline story. It's just sort of a side, fun side adventure where Jack's the main character. And I liked it a lot. It, it wasn't as great as the others, but it was okay. And the longer I get away from it, the more I think, yeah, it was pretty good. And then when Pirates 5 came out, I was hoping that Pirates was coming back and had all this hype and all this belief that they were going to really bring Pirates back and do a new another trilogy. And I followed the writing behind the scenes and like heard that the original version of the script had no magic in it. And I was like, that sounds totally different. And then as they went, they kept changing it and changing it. And watching it back, I think it's really good. I think it takes a lot of big risks. It does things that you wouldn't expect. It makes Jack... Uh, this drunken has-been even more than he was before because before he was a has-been that deserved to make it back and in this case he's more of a complete loser like he's gone off the deep end and the whole idea of him being cursed by Barbosa is great and they kind of glossed over that in the movie and I picked up on it and thought "Ooh, maybe there's a way to make it the whole movie but it's very subtle and I think this movie did fine. I think it did really cool with Barbosa. I really don't like his ending all that much. But looking back on it now, after time has passed, I think it's fine. You can tell that they wanted another movie, but they never got to make it. But it really does kind of feel like the perfect ending. Because Will and Elizabeth are the center of the series. And the idea of having... There's this one spinoff without them that isn't as good. Then this one, they they're at the beginning is Will, and then at the end is Elizabeth and Will together and their son is the main character and it really works and it fits as like a perfect ending to the series because it kind of does end everything when they destroy Poseidon's trident at the end of five the consensus is that it destroys all curses it's broken every curse so there's no more magic in the world and that explains why in history there isn't magic anymore just like in Pirates 3 when they explain that the edges of the map are being filled in and that pirates and magic are sort of ending and it's now becoming modern in science. And then you have this main character who's all about science, who doesn't believe in magic, because magic is all legend and it's not real. And the idea that all magic was basically destroyed in that moment is kind of perfect. And Barbosa dying makes perfect sense, because he was brought back by magic in the first place. So the idea that that's the end is kind of perfect. And it's bittersweet, but it works. If you watch all five together, it, it, it definitely feels like an epilogue. To the regular story because pirates 3 ends sort of bittersweet with will being cursed forever and him only being able to go on land once every 10 years to see his son and his wife and the idea that his son now has freed him and they can now all see each other again is beautiful but that little post credit always made me wonder could there be another movie so that's what i'm going to try to do now so i have no idea if this is going to work and this is probably going to be really short and not even be a video or a podcast but i thought i'd try so, what is there to work with in Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, I can't believe I haven't done an episode like this. Okay, I'm going to go through my usual questions and try to figure this out, because this is a big challenge. Because that's what this show is all about. It's all about challenging myself and finding a story by myself. So, what can I do to make a story out of Pirates? Alright, is this going to be a reboot? Am I writing the reboot of Pirates, like what's coming out? Or am I trying to write, actually, Pirates 6? I just want to think about the series that I love, and that is like my cornerstone series that's kind of influenced 90% of all the movies I ever want to make. That's why I'm always fucking talking about Pirates, because it's it was the movie I watched when I was 13. Every filmmaker has that one movie that when they were a teenager, they watched it, 
and it's the reason they make movies. And when I was a little kid, Star Wars was the reason I wanted to make movies. But when I watched Pirates, it influenced me more than anything. And it's because of that rock and roll spirit, that that freedom, that speech Jack gives in the first movie. That a ship isn't just a deck and a key and sails. It's freedom. And that sort of reinterpretation of Pirates, that the swashbuckler is a aged rocker, makes a lot of sense, and it really works. So how can you continue from that? So... There's really only two ties left. I think they added the Davy Jones sting last minute because it really doesn't seem like that was the plan. Because in the first scene, it kind of implies that Will isn't in charge of the ship and that Davy Jones is there. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, here's Davy Jones. But in the distance, when you see the Flying Dutchman, the entire crew is there uncursed. And then Will comes off of it. So that kind of implies that they got rid of Davy Jones. Because Davy Jones fell down a whirlpool into the ocean never to be seen again, basically killed by the woman he loved, Calypso. So is Davy Jones gone? Could you actually do the spirit of the original Pirates 5 idea and do a Pirates of the Caribbean movie with no magic? Because now all curses have kind of been broken. What does that mean? Is there something you could do with that? Could you continue this story with Barbosa's daughter, Will Turner's son, Jack Sparrow with his brand new crew. Who He's gotten the pearl back. He's a captain again. His luck is back. Everybody's exactly where they should be. Except Barbosa's dead and all curses are gone now. So what does that do to the state of the universe? What does that do when all magic has been removed from the sea? Is there anything left to do with that? So the question is, what is the concept? It really is at a clean slate. Like, Pirates is done. I don't think there's anything I can do with this. There is one thing I can do. I could do Heroine's Journey. I've been wanting to do Heroine's Journey for a long time, and I did it before with Ashton Crow, but I did the original Heroine's Journey, and apparently there's a revised version that you can do that's designed more for writers. So I think I'm going to use that. And I think doing the story about Red and doing a soft reboot is the way to go. Because Pirates, Pirates is done. It's over, and it's time to do something new with it. So this is the concept that I have now. I think, I've, I think I found the concept. Okay, soft reboot. All magic has been destroyed. And now pirates are back to being illegal scoundrels. And it's harder and harder to become a pirate. So what do we do now that it's more difficult to be a pirate? And what do we do with the main character? I want to follow Red because I think Red is a cool idea. The idea comes from the ride. On the ride, there's a character named Red who is a female pirate who is conning people into selling a bunch of chickens to them. And the only real thing that she has as a character is she wears a red bandana. And a lot of people think she's going to be the main character of the new movie. So, what can we do with this? I've always been obsessed with this one single idea of a pirate. I always wanted to do a story about a landlocked pirate. Someone who can't be a pirate because they don't live by the sea. They're obsessed with adventure and freedom but they're stuck in like this rigid and terrible existence and they can't leave. And they break out and then become their true pirate self, which is kind of how Will Turner's whole story was. And I don't want to do the same movie again. I don't want to do, there's a couple and they're in rigid Victorian times and they meet a pirate and one of them gets taken away and they have to embrace their piratiness in order to save their love of their life. And they have to join with Jack, this wacky pirate rock star man. I don't think that's, I don't think that's what I want to do. 
that just feels like a knockoff and that's not what a soft reboot is a soft reboot is supposed to reinitialize the series for a newer generation talking about new things but keeping the good stuff from the old thing and it's still a reboot but it's still canon with the rest of the series and that's what i want i want a soft reboot so my idea is poseidon's trident has broken all curses are gone and magic is gone from the sea and this is the next generation of pirates the brethren's court is nothing but legend Jack's weird family of rock stars are all gone at this point. Jack may be out there somewhere, but we'll probably not meet him in this movie. Maybe he'll come back in another one. Will and Elizabeth are retired. They have their son. They're together now. They probably had another kid or something. Barbosa's gone, being a pirate in the afterlife. His daughter has moved on and is either still with Henry or has moved on to do bigger and better things. But none of them have to be in the story anymore. Their stories are done. So new characters, fresh start, what can we do? I want to follow Red, and I want to show how she becomes a pirate. Because I think that's a really interesting thing to do. And there's a lot of things to play with, with the idea of women not being allowed on ships because it's cursed, and it's, ooh, it's, it's bad luck to have a woman aboard. And now that all curses are broken, if that was true in any way, it isn't anymore. And to be honest, it wasn't. So I'm looking at Gail Carriger's heroine's journey which was basically the original heroine's journey i thought was written back in the 1800s apparently it wasn't apparently it was like 80s or 60s same thing with with joseph campbell's hero hero's journey but apparently a therapist took hero's journey and made the heroine's journey to help women in therapy and then gail carriger took it and turned it into a more legitimate writing tool and that's what this is. This is sort of the simplification. Because whenever a writing tool is created, people use it a bunch, and then someone takes it and remixes it and re-releases it as their own, basically taking the idea and saying it's theirs, but slightly changing it. And recently it happened with Dan Harmon a while back where he did the story circle. I'm doing my own thing where I have my seven questions. Every writer has sort of got their own version of all these tools that they have in their head that they sort of mix and mash. So this is the heroine's journey. So I'm going to go through it and then we're going to try to fit these together. So I don't know if this even works for this story, but I like the other heroine's journey a lot. This one's a little simpler and I don't know if I like it. It feels a little, a little rigid. Now, yet again, I know nothing about this. I literally just learned about it like a week ago and I still haven't read any of the official books on any of these. I just use it like I use hero's journey where I just kind of use the bullet points to sort of help me emphasize what I'm working on. So... According to this one, there's a broken familial network. There's tension in the family of our main character. They want something. Their pleas are ignored. Their power is taken away. Against their will, they withdraw from the dream and the, and the want and from society. Their family offers them an opportunity that fits more in line with the family wants. They are then isolated and in danger. They disguise themselves in order to do what they really want, breaking all the rules. They find a surrogate family. They search for something, aided by their new companions. They visit to the underworld. They delegate, they network, they look for information, they gather information, and they compromise between their two ideals. The ideals that their family wanted them to have and the ideals that they have. They sort of mix the two. They negotiate with the family to reunite they have a structured reunion where they're all back together again. And then the story concludes and they rebuild the broken family dynamic that they originally had. So, reading all that, 
It's given me a bunch of ideas, which is what the whole point of it is. So I'm thinking Red grew up in some kind of landlocked city. Maybe not even landlocked. Just the idea that the... Because the sea has to be nearby for them to even want to go there. But they grew up in somewhere where they can't leave. And we could just say it's in Port Royal if we wanted to. Because it's the pirates lore and everything. And you want to go to the similar places. But alright, for now we'll just say they're in they're in Port Royal. We'll use all the same locations. Because it is a reboot. But it doesn't mean you can't go to the same places. The world should be the same. We don't want to change it too much. So, okay, she lives on this, she lives at Port Royal, she has a family that she has problems with, and she wants adventure, she wants to explore, she wants to be a pirate, and they stop her from doing that, and they want her to do something else instead. Maybe we could be a little bit less traditional with it, and not do the full-on Elizabeth thing of, like, you gotta wear a corset, and you gotta be a fancy lady. I feel like she shouldn't be a rich person in this one, I feel like she should be lower class, because we haven't seen that in Pirates. So maybe they want her to work on a farm or work in a granary or cook or something. Do something that's feminine, but not necessarily only feminine. I think cooking is good because she could be a cook on a ship. And that's the compromise at first. She wants to be a captain. She wants to be a pirate. She wants to search for treasure and live with adventure and be free. But her family wants her to help with their butchery. They're butchers and they want her to be a butcher and a cook. And they want her to fucking cook food and sell it and that's it her family owns a restaurant in port royal and they decide to offer her a position as a cook on a navy ship maybe something like an assistant cook or maybe they offer her a position as a cook somewhere else like somewhere fancier or something and she doesn't want to do that so she disguises herself as a man and then joins a crew and that becomes her surrogate family and then this new pirate crew are in search of some sort of treasure and they go to some sort of underworld. I'm thinking Tortuga, because Tortuga is always fun. And we never really spend an extended amount of time in Tortuga. But I feel like that shouldn't be the final location, you know. The, if this really is a soft reboot and we want to, like, step on the touchstones of the original but still be original, we should go to fucking Ila de Morta. Like, if all curses are broken, Ila de Morta should have reappeared. And then we want her to... Slowly join and see this is the problem with with the heroine's journey the, this version I don't really like this version that much because it's not the same as the original the original had way more detail and Had a lot more action and this seems like ridiculously simple and I don't like it It doesn't really have like a, a loss There's no uh, all is lost moment in this and it feels kind of boring. I don't really like this I as much as I get it. I think I kind of want to go to the traditional heroine's journey Okay, I found a little bit more detail, and I'm still going to try this. And I think this is still Gale's, but it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, you know what? This one is a lot better. I'm going to try this one more. This is the nine-step version. The illusion of the perfect world, the betrayal of realization, the awakening and preparing for the journey, passing through the gates of judgment, the eye of the storm, death, all is lost, support, rebirth, the moment of truth. And return to the perfect world. That sounds way better to me. And there are seven uh, steps on this. Fear of surviving and abandonment. Guilt about sexuality. Shame of identity. Grief over old life. Fear of expressing herself. Fear of honoring institution. Fear of letting go attachments. That's what the descent is all about. Hmm. Interesting. Alright, I've been doing some, some research. Yet again. And apparently, there are multiple versions more than just two there there's more and more and i think gales is a fucking knockoff i don't i don't like it 
It's way too simple. I feel like it's somebody... It's an in-between. Because Victoria Lynn Schmidt vote, wrote another one. And this is the one I like. This is the one I was looking for. I totally messed up looking at Gales. Gales is fucking useless. Yeah, it's not. That is not detailed enough. This is this is the real second heroine's journey. All right. Victoria Lynn Schmidt's version of the heroine's journey. Here we go. Okay. We're going to go step by step and just write with these. I'm not going to go read them all again. Sorry that I kind of fucked up on all that. But, you know, it's it's fascinating to see how writing has changed and shifted. Okay. Illusion of the perfect world. The heroine believes the world she lives in is perfect. She has deluded herself into thinking everything will turn out fine. The heroine may acknowledge that the world is not ideal, but has some kind of coping mechanism to deal with this fact. These mechanisms may be a naivete, uh, denial, or subservience. Okay, so this is them believing the truth and drinking the Kool-Aid. Okay, let's do that then. Out of those coping mechanisms, I think denial should be the best one with this character. Okay, so Red lives in the city of Port Royal. She always wanted to be a pirate, and she's read stories of Captain Jack Sparrow and Will Turner and Barbosa, and she's obsessed with them. And they're these all ancient pirate lords and the Brethren's Court and Davy Jones and Calypso and all these fascinating characters that she's just been reading up on. Elizabeth Swan, the Pirate King. Like, there's a lot of characters from pirates that are legend. So she reads all about them. She desperately wants to be like them. She wants to explore, to be free, to, you know, enjoy the outside world of the sea. But she's trapped in this town and she's kind of accepted it. And I think that's a good way to do a time skip. We see her when she's younger, stealing shit, being mischievous, reading about pirates. And then we see her 20 years later and she's broken and she's accepted the existence she's in. Maybe we start it with her her fighting her way onto a ship like she's sneaking her way onto a ship being a mischievous little kid like i don't know like we'll have her be like a teenager or something and she's trying to be a pirate and she's maybe practicing sword fighting and she's like sneaking out doing her piratey shit and she somehow managed to get on a ship and the men there look at her and immediately are like women can't be pirates that's cute kid and they sort of kick her off and then we cut 20 years later and her life sucks so she's deluded herself she's denied she's in denial that her life isn't shitty and that oh, she does what she needs to do and that's how it is. And she works at her parents' butcher shop and she cooks and she is a waitress and a chef and that's it. That's all she is. She, her life's not that great and she lives in sort of a boring servitude. The next part is betrayal slash disillusionment. A crisis befalls the heroine in which her coping mechanisms fail her and the illusion of her perfect world is shattered. The crisis may be personal, betrayal, realization of a false worldview, or her coping mechanism becoming unhealthy. Okay, how do we get this to happen? She does the same thing day in and day out. Maybe we could get a montage of, like, the daily routine she has to do. I think, as I always do because of my skewed worldview and always putting something of myself in my writing, tax man's a-coming. The big, big rich man's the... Elizabeth Swans of the world, uh, some guard or some some navy man is shaking down her family for money, and she realizes that maybe the world isn't as perfect as she thinks, and maybe her someone in her family gets you know beaten, maybe not killed. I don't want to kill them straight up, but her family basically gets ostracized and and shaken down for money. Maybe they burn down the restaurant that she works in. The awakening. 
Man, Star Wars really was on the nose, wasn't it? Force Awakens. At first, the heroine may not want to accept her current state of being, but will decide to do something about her conflict. She will receive discouragement from others, but she knows she cannot remain in the illusion. The heroine will be searching for external means of help and guidance. The heroine may often bring tools from a perfect world to help her along her journey. Okay, this is her going to the to the ports and trying to become a pirate. Her family needs money. Their how their business has been burnt down and damaged. They owe a bunch of money to these fucking assholes, and she needs to get money. And she tells them, "We could go and work with these pirates. I'm a cook. I could work on their ship. It's good money. They need a cook." They need to eat. All I gotta do is say I'm a man and they'll let me do it. And then her dad is like, fuck you, you can't do that. Or even her mom is like, fuck you, you can't do that. Because usually it's the feminine. Usually the mother is the one that it doesn't work with in these stories. So yeah, her mom is like, no, we are dignified. We do our jobs. We work. We keep our nose down. And that's how we get along. That's how we get ahead in life is we stay subservient. We do what we need to do so we can live our life in private. And she decides fuck that so she heads to the port and you know what if you want to bring someone from the original i love mr gibbs he's my favorite of all the like background pirates and i think him being the captain is actually kind of fun all right next the descent passing through the gates of judgment the heroine will experience doubt towards her new lifestyle or identity to move on she must give up her tools and let go of the doubts holding her back this stage can be moved around throughout the journey she may be ashamed of her new identity, guilty about her sexual feelings or expression, and have fears of shame associated with expressing herself, honoring intuition, or letting go of relationships that are not working for her. Okay. So, okay. She lives in Port Royal. Her family owns a restaurant. They work hard. As a child, she wants to be a pirate. She plays pretend pirate. She runs around being a little mischievous scamp, stealing stuff, being a little nuisance and a troublemaker. Her mom is always telling her, no, don't do this. One day she sneaks on a pirate ship and they, um, I don't know, they'll, they'll do the whole walk the plank shit, right? You know, they're being creepy and weird, but not too creepy. And they're basically telling her like, come on, kid, you're not supposed to be here. Women aren't supposed to be on ships, especially kids. And they do the whole plank joke where it's not real walking the plank, but they put her on the plank and they're like, walk the plank, jump off. And when they do that... The mom comes up and stops them, and they let a girl go. And then we cut to 20 years later, montage style, we see her regular day as a waitress who tries to cook a little bit and fills in, and it's her, her mom, and her dad running this restaurant. And she's kind of accepted the life that she lives and understands that this is who she is and this is the world and her lot in life. And her mom has told her that she can be her weird self, but only in private. So she still practices sword fighting. She still practices lock picking. She still practices all the pirate shit. She still has all these, this room filled with all of her legends of pirates. And she's still reading about pirates. She still cares, but only secretly. And she hopes that one day, maybe, but she accepts the life that she's in. And that's when the tax men come and say, hey, you owe your tax. You owe us money. You didn't pay last week, and the dad's like, I did pay. And you see this sort of bullshit corruption, and they burn down the the building, part of it at least. And the family owes them even more money, and they're completely screwed. And she tells her parents that she can go be a cook on a pirate ship. She can pretend to be a man and work on a pirate ship. And they're like, no, you'll never work with pirates. And she says no one else will hire her. 
Nobody else is dumb enough to fall for it. And then she goes to the docks and she does it. She becomes a pirate. So let's get to the second act of this three-act part. Because Heroine's Journey is built in three sections. Eye of the Storm. Similar to Boon of Success, the heroine triumphs for a short period of time. However, this victory serves as a false calm. This stage can be moved around throughout the journey. In the true heroine's journey, the heroine may experience momentary but not sustained success because those around her do not want to be led by a woman for long. Or the men around her begin to undermine her. Or after the crisis passes, she is left to fill multiple roles that are inconsistent or impossible for a single person to fulfill. So she sneaks on the ship, dressed as a man to be the cook, and then they find out very quickly that she's a woman. And at first they're going to throw her off the ship, but they need someone to help manage the food and keep the food on the ship and keep a cook. So we get a little bit of fun of her pretending to be a man and all that great Tortuga stuff. And then when they're at sea, oh, they realize, like, oh shit, it's a woman. And they get all their weird paranoia and, oh, it's bad luck shit. And they say that they can't get rid of her. And the captain is like, oh, you know what? Let her do it. But I have like eight jobs for her. And they have her do a bunch of shit around the ship. And it's so much shit that she can't handle it. The next part in the story. All is lost slash death. The heroine realizes that her newly learned skills cannot help her. And she cannot fall back on her old ways either. The situation around her gets worse. And she has no choice but to accept defeat. Then there's a moment of support. The heroine finds support in a person who will help her out. This person can be anyone ranging from a spirit to a goddess to a friend. The heroine accepts the help from the supporter and comes to understand that being alone is never enough. This stage can be moved around throughout the journey. I like that you can just move shit around, but it makes it feel way too loose. Rebirth, moment of truth. Due to the support she has gotten, the heroine finds courage and hope again. She fully understands her place in the world and how she will face her doubts. She awakens, sees the world and her role in differently. And her role in it differently. And then return to the new world. The heroine sees the world as it truly is. She understands herself better and will change the way she lives her life from now on. This change is more spiritual and internally driven than external. Okay, those are all fun and good. And I think all is lost is her losing the entire ship. And I think support is her meeting, maybe finding out that one of the other pirates is actually a woman. And like an older woman that's helping her out. And then the moment of truth is going to be her taking the ship back maybe or something. And then the return to the new world is her traveling back home with a bunch of money for her family, but also going there to rob the rich assholes from the beginning. So, okay, we got some basic structure. Now we can go in and make some action and excitement. So what are we going to do with this? We're almost done. We just got to we got to get the little bits and we can we can finish this story off. And then later I can fix it up. I'm just trying to come up with the basic idea. I'm just trying to understand heroine's journey a little bit and maybe make something with pirates. Doing pirates without magic is fucking hard. Okay. We got her whole first act. She wants to be a pirate. Her mom's like, nope, hide that shit. She still practices, so she's good, but she never gets to execute on it. She pretends to be a cook to join the pirate crew. They find out she's a woman. Maybe she gets thrown in the brig. Maybe they won't even give her multiple jobs. Maybe it's like full on, okay, we'll throw you in the brig. And then the cook dies, and then it's like, all right, you can be the cook, but you also have to mop all the decks and do all this. And this is sort of the earlier parts of the movie. Then... She overhears what the captain is going to do. And the captain, let's not make it Gibbs. Let's say that the captain is someone else. Uh, I don't know, some some different character. Maybe it could be Gibbs. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the captain has a job they're about to do. They're looking for some sort of treasure. The ship gets attacked by another group of pirates or maybe by Navy men. And they're all fucked. And somehow she manages to save everyone. 
she uses some kind of leverage or some kind of trick and her skills and she manages to help fight off the attack and prove that maybe she is pirate material so the captain gives her a chance and we get to follow her on the crew as a full-fledged member and we find out okay we won't tell anyone she's a woman but all of you know we'll allow it we joined this crew so that we didn't have to follow the rules of society and the rigid bullshit of those assholes at the top so screw it let her be on the crew so she joins the crew and she and the captain have survived and a lot of the crew are dead and they have to Maybe the captain wants revenge on another pirate, the one that fucked up the crew at the beginning. So now we can, we have a clear goal that the captain wants. The captain wants to use this girl to sort of get this other captain killed. So maybe they give her a mission. They say, all right, what if we go to Tortuga and we have you um, seduce the captain and she's not into it and she doesn't want to do that, but she sort of rejects it and instead actually like beats the shit out of the captain and knocks out the dude or whatever she does it her way and she gets in and she finds out where this captain is going and they're trying to figure out this treasure that this other captain is trying to get she brings it back to her captain and they go and do it the all is lost moment would be them finding out that it's all been a trap the whole crew gets killed except for maybe like two or three people the captain dies and Maybe we find out that the captain was a woman all along. Like, she's actually been a woman in disguise this whole time. Or maybe she gets her leg cut off or some shit. Something that's, like, not full-on death so that she can continue to be in the story. But she's no longer the captain. And Red decides to take up the mantle and become the captain. And maybe instead of having the villain be a pirate, the villain could be the taxman. So, like, there's a guy in charge, like a duke or, like, a governor... Yeah, there's a, go there's a new governor of Port Royal because Elizabeth left, so someone else has taken his place. We'll make him a Beckett. No, Beckett didn't have any kids. Whatever, there's a, there's a new governor, and they're in charge of Port Royal, and they're an asshole. And they're fucking everybody up, and they have enforcers doing shit, and like a different pirate crew that's like doing all the bad shit and burning shit down. So she joins the other crew and sails with them so that she can go on the sea. And they're trying to figure out this treasure that he's after and they end up losing everything the ship gets destroyed the captain loses their arm or their leg or something maybe their arm because that makes it harder to actually be a captain and she ends up taking up the mantle of captain and putting on her patented red bandana and becoming red and then the end of the story is her and her whole crew pretending to sell chickens to distract them so that she can then break in and steal all the shit from the rich dude's vault and then she ends up giving it to her family. Uh, or no, she doesn't give it to her family. She she steals the money, and then the Duke can't pay the enforcers anymore. So the pirates turn on him and fucking kill him and take him out. And the city is no longer corrupt. I think that's a good place to go with all of it. So to figure it out one more time, because this is a little loose and a little hard to figure out, I'll call her Anne Red. Like, her name is Anne, but she's going to call herself Red. Okay, here's the story. Anne is a young girl growing up in Port Royal. She wants to be a pirate and she's obsessed with them. She heard bedtime stories from her mother about pirates in the olden days and how the city was ransacked by cursed skeleton pirates and Davy Jones took over the sea and Poseidon's trident was destroyed, ending all curses forever and the pirate brethren court and all this epic pirates of the Caribbean shit. So she's pretending to be like Elizabeth Swan and she's like, killing the shit out of fake pirates and shit 
and she's trying to play pretend with all the other with all the boys who are also pretending to be pirates and uh, her mom comes up and is like no those are just stories yeah i know you like them but you have to do that stuff in private we can't do that in front of other people women aren't allowed to do these things we then cut 20 years later she's a waitress kind of a cook like her dad is like maybe like the sleepy loser dude he's like a drunken mess or something and she's actually cooking for him and doing his job because he's the head chef but she's sort of doing it slyly while she's also a waitress she's kind of accepted her lot in life until the governor and all of his corrupt pirates that he's hired these enforcers not so much pirates maybe the governor's navy men they're these corrupt asshole navy men who aren't very normal uh navy soldiers there's something off about them and he's hired them and they burn down the restaurant because the dad won't sell to them or something and they're screwed so the governor basically taxes them and is like you owe me a bunch of money you need it by this date and she needs to save her family and the only way to do it is to throw her lot in with a group of pirates that are constantly coming by we'll call the captain marin their real name is like marina or marina and but she calls by marin this male pirate but she's actually a female pirate she's in disguise and she's taken sort of a liking we see her earlier when um when Anne's young we see her like interject when when she somehow her and a bunch of kids another bunch of boys sneak onto this ship and then she's like you're not supposed to be here as like the first mate or whatever and then the mom shows up and kind of interrupts it all and is like yo don't do this so red and marin Marin lets Red join the ship. She's now part of the crew, and she's playing pretend as a male, and she's the ship's assistant cook. Eventually, the governor sends his captain, he has his own pirate captain, basically, the leader of the Navy, who's this corrupt dude, basically puts a raid on the ship, and is basically like, all right, we need to pull you over, and they haven't done anything yet. They haven't done any crime. They, haven't even, they don't even have a pirate flag right now. And he basically says they're holding contraband when they aren't. And as a result, he kills the cook or arrests the cook and hangs him in the street. And she's now the cook. The crew are investigating something. She's listening to what's going on. And then it is revealed, oh shit, she's a woman. And she's put in the brig by the captain. And the captain, she overhears the captain talking to the crew and trying to figure out how to stop the governor's men and find out where they're holding all this extra treasure they're, they're trying to find this treasure and they can stop him and get it from him and for some reason the captain is letting her on the ship even though she's a woman the captain is like all right we're gonna we're gonna do some things here and the captain's sort of subtly manipulating the crew into letting her work on the ship a little bit and then she basically tells her in tortuga when they go there to sort of investigate a guy she's like all right you got to prove your worth get information from that man and then she sort of says, like, use your feminine wiles or some shit, pretending to be a man the whole time. Actually, now I'm kind of imagining, um, I'm kind of imagining Til Tilda Swinton as this captain pretending to be a man. I think, I think that would really work. So yeah, Tilda Swinton is the captain. She's Marina. And, uh, Karen Gillian can be Anne. I love Karen Gillian. I've always loved her since Doctor Who, and she's really good in Guardians. All right. So she has to get her way around this guy and get this info. And instead of using her feminine wiles, she knocks him out, maybe fights him in like a sword fight. And there's like a big bar fight in Tortuga because that's always fun. And she kind of causes this bar fight in order to get the info from him. And it's a map. It's a map that leads to their next destination, something the governor wants. So she and the crew head there 
and it turns out that it's a trap. The governor set up a bunch of these fake treasure maps to lure out pirates so that they could take them out. And they knew that this captain was, they knew Mariner was a captain all along, was a pirate. And they cut off Mariner's arm, and they kill half the crew, and they set the ship on fire, and they're going to kill everybody. And Anne breaks out of this bullshit disguise and fucking takes them all out with the help of the captain and everybody. And everybody kind of works together, and they beat the governor, and all is no longer lost. Maybe earlier the captain knew she was a woman, but no one else did. And the captain somehow allowed it, and she's not sure why. And then when, it's, when she saves everyone, that's the moment where they kick her off the ship. They're like, we're done with you. You're a woman. You're not allowed to be here. And she knows that the captain is a woman, but doesn't say anything. The pirate crew go to try to do that mission. Like I said, she saves them. The end. Uh, after all of that, we see her become the captain now. And she does it proudly, revealing who she really is and showing that she is red. She does the whole chicken diversion, breaks into the governor's office, takes his shit, humiliates him. And he is now broke. And he tells his Navy men, take them out, destroy them, kill her, execute her. And the men turn to him and they go, no, pay us. And he says, well, and he tries to grab his wallet. He has no money. They've taken everything, even the money in his pocket. And he is then hung. And a new governor has taken power. And he pays Anne a little bit of money. And then Anne's family are happy and secure. And she is now a pirate setting for sale. And we do the classic pirate song. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. And earlier in the movie, there's like a long night where they're all hanging out on the ship and they sing that song together and she feels like she finally belongs. And that's the night right before it's revealed that she's a woman and she gets kicked off the crew. And then she goes back and saves them all. I think that all works. I think that's a really good story. It needs a little bit of work, but overall, I think it's good. So if you liked this, please give Apple, YouTube, Spotify a reach around. Review subscribe comment do whatever you have to do to make this shit grow because if i can get more and more people and more and more interest in this these can come out faster and faster and i don't have to do a different show every week and have a show every month i could do all the shows every week also check out my new show d and me it's a spin-off of my uh, D D show but i play D by myself and it's a lot like this show except there's another me on here with a different voice and it's more epic and story based there's more going on than just writing anyway thanks for listening bye